So glad you're here tonight, and um, Lord's, Lord's put something on my heart I want to share uh, tonight. I've got a couple different passages I want to read from. They're close together, but uh, if you have your Bibles, I want you to open, first of all, to 1 Samuel chapter 10. 1 Samuel chapter 10. And again, just say thank you for being here. Thank you, Pastor, for opening up. Uh, the opportunity. I never, ever, ever take it for granted. I never take it for granted. And uh, always uh, a privilege. So good. I got to say this. So good to see uh, Philip and Lori Spencer uh, here tonight. Uh, good friends of ours, our, our peeps. And uh, so good, so good to, to see them and have them. And I, ne I never mean to leave out uh, Winnie. I know Lee, Pastor Lee, you know, he never leaves her out. Amen. That's an inside joke, y'all. And uh, but um, I tell you what, she's a blessing to me. She is a blessing to me. I love her. I love her. Amen. First Samuel chapter ten, verse number one. It's up on the screen, wall, whatever it is. This is what it says, and I'll let you stay seated, or you can stand. Well, go ahead and stand. All right, since y'all won't stand, y'all gluttons for punishment, you can stand the whole time I'm preaching. I'm going to. Likely, anyway. Let's reverence the Word of God. Here's what it says. It's talking about the anointing of Saul to be king of Israel. So watch this. Then Samuel took a vial of oil. Everybody say, a vial of oil. Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his, being Saul's head, and kissed him. I mean, this was, this was moving to Samuel. It, 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 was, it was moving. Samuel took a vial. Samuel was the prophet. Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his or Saul's head and kissed Saul and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance. Now I want us to flip over to 1 Samuel chapter 16. There's been a change, a little change in, in the story. Saul has not handled, you'll hear this repeatedly tonight, he has not handled the holy well. He has not handled the holy very well. And the Lord said unto Samuel, how long wilt thou mourn? Remember Samuel Samuel had anointed him and kissed him. He, 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 he was emotionally invested in, in Saul's kingship and, and what God was doing. And the Lord said to Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil. Everybody say, thine horn with oil. Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Now let's drop down to verse number 13. And of course, we know this speaks of David. He, he saw the others, and the, it wasn't them. And finally, they bring David in. And then Samuel took the horn of oil. There it is again. The horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that 
day forth. He, anointed, he took a vial and anointed Saul, but he took a horn of oil and anointed David. And when he filled that horn with oil, he anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. I, I just want to talk to you, just something the Lord's put on my heart. Uh, I, I want to talk to you about a horn of oil. A horn of oil. Father, would you help us tonight? You're already here. We've felt you. We've sensed you. We, we understand your presence is here. God, what we need now is utterance in the Holy Spirit. That, Father, you would give us clarity tonight to speak that which you have put upon my heart. Father, would you speak tonight into every heart, into every life, oh God. Father, may this be a turning point for so many here tonight, for all of us really, Lord. And Father, would you uh, tonight, would you manifest that horn of oil? In our lives tonight, we will bless you and thank you and give you glory. For we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. 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 Turn around and give somebody a high five. And you can be seated in the presence of the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. I should have said hand to hand, not hand to faith. Amen. A horn of oil. The term anointing is not foreign to people of Pentecostal persuasion. We, we, you will not be in a Pentecostal church long before you hear the term. Even if you don't know what it is and you don't know how to explain it, you'll hear about it. You'll, you'll hopefully, of course, sense it and feel it and, and know it and experience it. But, but you'll hear the term, it's, it's not foreign to us. We, we know about the anointing. We hear about the anointing, especially in Pentecostal circles. You cannot be here long and not hear the term. Uh, in, in, in the Bible, in, in, especially in the Old Testament, it was for several things. I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to get bogged down. Man, there's so much, when you talk about the anointing, it's so rich and it's so important and it's so critical in this day and hour because I want to tell you, can I just jump ahead and just give you this? We need the anointing. We need the anointing. We need the anointing of the Holy Spirit. We need it in our preaching. We need it in our singing. We need it in our worship. We need it in our living. We need it on our jobs. We need it in our homes. We need it in our businesses. We need it on our jobs. We need the anointing. We need the anointing. And in the Old Testament especially, the, 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 there was an anointing of dedication. There was an anointing of consecration. They dedicated everything in the temple. They poured oil on it and they, they anointed They dedicated it, consecrated it to God. They, they, but, but there's another element. I don't want to get bogged down there because I could spend a lot of time there, but it's not what I really want to talk about tonight. But, but there's another element of this that, that we see really even in this verse, and I'll, I'll, I'll be going back and forth a little bit. But it said when he took the horn of oil and anointed David in the midst of his brethren that the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. And really what this was, uh, in part anyway, was an empowerment, an enablement. The anointing will have you do things and, and, and even cause you to do things otherwise you couldn't do. Uh, we've been in, we, we, I, I've been in services and, and, and sang songs and hit notes that I singing that I could have never hit. In fact, when I got home the next day or something, I tried it and I was like, how did I ever sing that? Because the anointing enables, the anointing empowers. The, the anointing gives revelation. The anointing, the anointing will make you a better preacher than you really are. 
then, then or, or at least it will make you appear to be a better preacher than you really are. Uh, uh, because the anointing makes it. We need the anointing. We need the anointing. And so there's, yes, there's this dedication. Yes, there's this consecration. But then there's this empowerment. And, and there, is, uh, there, there is, in the Old Testament, uh, of course, a lot of different types of the anointing. But, of course, one of the most uh, recognizable is the oil. The oil, the, 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 there was oil that was used in the anointing of, of priests and, 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 and of kings. And, and, and I don't believe I gave this scripture to him, but in Exodus chapter 30, verse 22 through 25, uh, we, we read a little bit about this, and I, I'm not going to get bogged down here either, but it's just too good to not, to not read, y'all. And, uh, hey, it's Friday anyway. And if y'all come on a Friday, y'all, y'all already know what. And so, so in Exodus chapter 30, beginning at verse 22, look what it says. It, it says, Moreover, the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Take thou also unto thee principal spices of pure myrrh, 500 shekels of sweet cinnamon, half so much, even 250 shekels, of, and of sweet calamus, 250 shekels, and of cassia, 500 shekels, after the shekel of the sanctuary, and of the oil, olive, and hen. In other words, here's what he said. The base element of, of the anointing oil that they used was olive oil, but they, they, they added principal spices to that. There, there was a, and, and it even talks about, you'll make it a ho- oil of holy ointment, an ointment compound after the art of the apothecary. In other words, the perfumer. How many knows God's the perfumer, and he knows how to mix things together. He knows how to put the right thing at the right place at the right time to produce exactly what's needed for that moment. And I want to tell you, if we ever been dependent, I don't even care if you look at the political landscape or the cultural landscape, even the church landscape, there is plenty of evidence to say we need the divine perfumer to put a little of this and a little of that and to know how to bring about the right thing at the right time. We need the anointing. And, and, and so, so one, of the, one of the best things, one of the best uh, ways of, of really looking at it uh, uh, is, this, is this oil. And, and, and it, it, th- this is, if you go on down in that, it was, it, I'll come back to that in a minute maybe, but, but it was not to be duplicated. It was not to be put on flesh. It was, it was holy. It was holy. Now understand, and I know we use oil because the New Testament talks about that. Is he sick among you? Let him, let him call for the elders of the church. Let him anoint him with oil. And, and, and so we, we believe in that. But, but this was a type of the Holy Spirit, of what God does through the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, and, and so there, there is, is not to be viewed, watch, the, this ointment, this oil in the Old Testament was not to be put in other words, nobody was to make any of this and have it at their house and just use it for whatever because that would have made it common and not holy. And, and, and it's not that the anointing doesn't work at home too. What he's saying is don't ever treat this common. Always show a reverence. Always show a respect. Always, always, always be reverent to the anointing. Always be reverent to the Spirit. Always show respect to it. And one of the one of the best descriptive verses of what the anointing and what the power uh, uh, from the anointing does is Isaiah ten twenty seven. I think I did give this to them. Look at here, and this is talking about dealing really with the Antichrist. Uh, if you really look at it uh, in its context, it says, "And it shall come to pass in that day 
that his burden, the Antichrist shall be taken away from off thy shoulder and his yoke from off thy neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of what? The anointing. Now watch. Now, now I know that's Antichrist. Some might say, well, we're not going to be here during that time. But, but look at this next passage, 1 John chapter number 2. Going to move quick. Got a lot to say. Little children, it is the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist, the Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists. In other words, there are people, there are entities functioning in the spirit of the Antichrist. Paving the way, preparing the way, whereby we know that it is the last time. Verse 19, they went out from us, they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. But they went out that it might be made manifest that they were not all of us. Verse 20, but you have an unction. That word unction is anointing. So we're dealing with the times where Antichrist spirits are prevalent and moving, but he said, but... You don't need to worry, and you don't need to fear, and you don't need to be in trepidation. The, the truth is, you have an unction from the Holy One. You have an anointing. You have an anointing. I'm not worried about this world because there's an anointing. I don't have to fear what comes about because I have an anointing. You have an anointing. And he said, you have an unction. I love that word. It's an unction to function. Turn to your neighbor and tell him you got an unction to function. Don't, don't ever, amen, don't make me preach now. Don't, don't ever say, well, I could never do that. You got an unction. If the Spirit comes upon you, it'll give you an unction to do things that you didn't think you could do. It'll cause something to rise up within you and say, you know what, I've never thought about doing this before, but I got to do it. Because why? Because you got an unction from the Holy One. I ain't talking about you ate beans for supper and you got a different kind of unction. I'm talking about from the Holy One. The Holy One gives you an unction. And, and, and so, so when you look at it, if you go back to, to, to Isaiah 10, 27, just a minute, this unction, this is, what, this is what this annoying stuff is. It is, can I say it like this? It is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. It is the burden removing. Anybody had burdens? There's an anointing that removes burdens. That's what he said right here. That his burden shall be taken away from off thy shoulder. His yoke will be removed from off thy neck. And the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. Do you know when you look up that word anointing right there, it means fatness? I did this just for this message. This message brought to you by Keebler. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, but, but the, yeah, work it out. All right, Smarty. It says because of fat, in other words, here's what it means, that they would take that yoke off and, and, and the ox or whatever it was on would grow and then the yoke, the yoke would not fit back on because of the growth. See, there are some things that God's took off you that the enemy wants to put back on you. But he gets a surprise when he tries to put it back on you because something's grown. I'm not what I was when I wore that before. Come on, somebody. 
I'm not who I was when I smoked. I'm not who I was when I drank. I'm not the same size. I've grown in Jesus. I've grown in God. I, I wasn't the, I'm not the same size as when I was doing drugs. I'm not the same spiritual size. I've grown. And because the anointing, because of the growth, because of the fatness, the oil, because of the oil, it, 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 it removes burdens. And it doesn't just take the yoke. It destroys and they would try to force that thing down, and, and, and what would happen, it would, it would get rigid, it would crack, and it'd be destroyed, and it couldn't be repaired. And I want to tell you that there's, i got to tell somebody, you are not going to quit being intimidated by the enemy. You are not going to wear what the enemy is trying to put back on you. You are not the same person. How do I know? Because... Because for some of you, a year ago, six months ago, a year ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, you'd have never been in church on a Friday night. We won't talk about where you were or where you would have been, but you're not the same person, not the same size. That's not in my notes, and that ain't my message. I'm still opening, Brother Lee. Still opening. Won't work it. Going to work it. So all of that being said, let me say this again. We need the anointing. We need the anointing. We need, because it was, it was the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God and is used to combat the evil, the spirits, the antichrist spirit, anti-Christ. Did you know that anti means against Christ is Christos? It really means the anointed one or the anointing is anti-anointing. Anti-anointing. Amen. Don't think that's not working in some of our churches where they are anti-anointing. They, 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 they claim to be pro-Jesus and pro-Bible, but they are anti. <laughs> Don't make me preach all this. I'm, I'm <laughs> it's easy for you to say. I'm tired. I'm just kidding. I feel, I feel my unction. So we need the anointing. Why do we need the anointing? Because evil is too great. We need the anointing. And time is too late. We need the anointing. It's way too late to live without the anointing. And some things can only be defeated and some yokes can only be destroyed because of the anointing. But I'm, but I'm, but I'm like, when you hang around certain people, you, you sort of develop some things. And, and I've hung around Pastor Lee. So I have some concerns. Y'all remember Sunday? I have, I have some concerns. And I really do. And one of my concerns is that while, and I want you to hear my heart. That while we desire the product, we can despise the price and the process. I done lost all my shout, all my love. I preach to the love, y'all. Let me say it again. My concern is that while we like the product, in fact, we love the product, we love the result, but there's a price to be paid. And there's a process of it manifesting that I don't think that we like as much. And and we'll sometimes even unknowingly in this day and age, we'll try to bypass the process. And, and And even we'll try to talk down the price. 
Now, some of you you are saying, process? Process? I I thought the anointing was just something that that, that God gave. And and, and to that I'd say it is and it's not. Because I believe, in, in one sense, every believer has an unction. Every believer is anointed. I believe there's an anointing, there's a power. The Spirit of Christ is within you if you're saved. The Spirit of Christ is within you. There, there is a power that is resident within each of us. And I, I'm, on, I'm, on, I'm on sketchy ground here. Stay with me. But I also believe that the dimension of anointing in our lives can increase or decrease in our lives. I believe it can be greater or lesser. I, 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 believe, I believe that there is a price to pay for it to increase. I, I believe it is given as a gift, but it's a responsibility that comes with it. And we can increase it if we handle the holy well, or if we don't, it can decrease. We, 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 I, I really don't have time, but we see this in Exodus 30, the passage that I read to you. The base ingredient is olive oil, but there's, there's a process of getting even that, of getting the oil. If you want to get the oil, watch this. First of all, to get the oil, something is sown. I'm going to go this real quick. Something is sown. Then something is grown. And once it's grown, then there's a shaking. And then there's a breaking. Now see that sown and grown part where it's like, okay, 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 okay. But you get to the shaking and the breaking. And now we're like, hmm, I'm not sure that I want that shaking. I don't know if I really want that break. Understand, something is sown. And up from that, something is grown. But then those olives... And they're on the trees. What they would do is they'd go to those olives of trees and they would, they would shake them. And the olives would fall. And then they'd gather them and they'd put them in the vest. And then they would crush them. They would break them. So there's something sown, something grown. Then there's a shaking. Then there's a breaking where the skin of the olive would be, would be broken. And the, and the oil, the, 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 the juice, if you will, of the olive would begin to come out. And that's how it began to be manifest. Even in that, it's just the base element of the oil. And then, on top of that, there were principal spices, critical, important spices added to the oil. It's a different message altogether. But two of, the, two of those spices, Exodus 30, 22 through 25, two of those spices was sweet. Two of those spices were bitter. Are you ready? And the bitter outweighed the sweet. Five hundred shekels each of the bitter spices, and two hundred and fifty half so much it said of the sweet spices. But watch, but nobody's life is bitter all the time, and nobody's life is sweet all the time. God knows how to mix the bitter and the sweet and the sowing and the growing and the shaking and the breaking, and He mixes it all together, and there's something powerful produced in our lives. Process. I'm talking about process. Talking about process. Because we're going to get to the horn, but there's got to be something in the horn. There's got to be something in the horn. And, and, and so, so, so the, the, the perfumer mixes all of that together. He takes the oil and he takes, he takes the calamus, he takes the cassia, and he takes the sin, he takes the myrrh. He takes all of that and he begins to mix it according to the art of the apothecary and the way the divine perfumer would, would ordain it. And, 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 and what comes out of it is something holy, something holy. 
something holy. Not, not necessarily always something glamorous. Something holy. Not always something flashy, something holy. God's mixed it and God's mixed it and God's mixed it. But there's another, there's another angle of this, this anointing, this process, that I, another perspective I want to share, and it's about the differences in the anointings of, 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 of Saul uh, and, and, and David. There, there's one or two very, very significant differences between the two, and I believe it reveals uh, several profound principles regarding the anointing. Y'all okay? Y'all okay? Can I share this? I just want to share my. I, I just want to share what God's put on my heart. That's all I come to do. One, one of the main one of the main differences that we see between the anointing that was on Saul and the one that's on David. I want you to hear me carefully. One of the main differences is in dimension. Dimension. How many knows this that that throughout the Bible spiritual elements can increase or decrease? The disciples said, "Lord, increase our faith." Jesus didn't say it was impossible, right? So it's possible that your faith, your faith can grow or your faith can shrink. It's a spiritual element, but it can increase or it can decrease. All right, let's do, let me do something else. Your joy. Some of y'all's joy decreased just now when I started talking about shaking and breaking. No, I'm just kidding. Joy can increase or decrease. Peace. Fruit of the Spirit, peace, can increase or it can decrease. In, 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 in an increased peace, I can walk in the storm and not be afraid. In a decreased peace, I'm like, what am I going to do? 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 So it's, it can increase. And the same is true about anointing. It can increase and it can decrease. It can be greater. It can be lesser. And, and, and so spiritual elements can increase, they can be greater, or they can be lesser. And so the results from that, the results depend upon the dimension. What happens, what happens, what happens, let's say, by faith depends on the dimension of faith. Right? I, I mean, how many times did Jesus say, oh, ye of little faith? In fact, he tells us he's given us all the measure of faith. Measure, that measure can be a greater measure or we can not treat it right and it can become a lesser measure. I'm just trying to help you, trying to help you. So, so what I want in all of those and including in the anointing is I want it to increase. I not only want to walk in greater faith, greater joy, greater peace, greater whatever, but greater anointing, greater power. Great, great, greater strength. So, so the the difference, the difference in dimension, if you will, go back, go back to First Samuel ten. Uh, First Samuel ten, verse verse one, uh, and I want you to look at this. This is the anointing of Saul, and it said, "Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon Saul's head." And kissed him a vow. And I, 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 I don't know. Of course, we don't know. But, but, but could you imagine something? And it, it wouldn't have been plastic. <laughs> it, it would have been, it would have been probably clay, handmade, a flask of some sort, that that would have been formed and fashioned to to to, to hold the oil. Now, now go to First Samuel, uh, sixteen, verse one, when when he had rejected Saul 
and, and he's going to anoint David. He tells him there in the middle of verse, he says, fill thine horn, a horn. So we see a difference in dimension. Saul was anointed with a vial. David was anointed with a horn. Perfect. I started to, I started to get them to, 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 to message you today, see if you'd bring that. Look there. So, so, so here's, here's what you see. Dimension. Dimension. Cleaned out. They would plug the end, right, so they could pour the oil in. It's a great. So he tells him even. He tells him even. He says, he says, fill thine horn with oil and go. And I'll, and I'll send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. Can you pull up uh, verse 13 of 1 Samuel 16? Uh, then, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him, anointed David, pour, poured it all out, poured it all out on him. The horn of oil on the greater dimension, greater dimension. I'm going I'm to leave that right there for you because I might use it again in a minute. Okay, so watch. So, so a vial versus a horn. Amen. The horn, of course, was a ram's horn, a type of shofar. We, we know about that here, right? And, and, of course, was able to hold a significantly greater amount of oil than a vial. Saul was anointed with the vial. David was anointed with the horn of oil. So the dimension was greater. Listen, we need a greater dimension of oil. We don't need a vial of oil. Evil's too great. The time is too late. Battles are too significant. We need a greater dimension of oil, of anointing. We need more anointing. Amen. So, so, so some, some be tempted to say, well, it's God's fault because he didn't start them on the same level. He, he, he didn't give them the same amount. He, it, 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 was, it was God's fault. Can I, can, I, can I answer that with this? First of all, we, we shouldn't pretend that we know what God is thinking always. <laughs> but, but, but second of all, can I say this? Saul, by watching his life, Saul proved he could not even be trusted with the level he was given. He couldn't handle the holy he was given. I promise we're going to get to a positive. Y'all filling it out and like, where in the world is he going with this? Stay on the bus and we'll get there. Don't jump. Saul, Saul proved he couldn't even be trusted with the anointing he was given. David, on the other hand, though he was not perfect, the Bible calls him a man after God's own heart. Saul was head and shoulders above everybody, and they looked at him and said, oh, man, look at him. Man, we got us a king now. And when Samuel went to anoint David, or went to anoint the next king, he, he looked at all the others and saw the big ones and the tall ones, the ones that probably resembled uh, Saul, and the Lord said, don't look on the outward appearance. Don't look at what they look like, because man looks at that. He said, but I look at the heart. So the increase of dimension is not about appearance, gifting, talent, nothing. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. Turn to your neighbor and ask him, how's your heart? How's your heart? How's your heart? Because that's what's critical. 
He was a man after God's own heart. David, David carried himself. David carried, don't try to diagnose him, come on. But David carried himself in a way where the anointing could increase. David carried himself in a way where the, the, the anointing could increase. Can I, can I give you just a nugget here to kind of show what I'm talking about? Saul was only anointed once. David was anointed three times. David was anointed by Samuel. Later he was anointed by the people of Judah. And finally he was anointed again by all of Israel. So the, the dimension he started, he even lived in a way to where it increased. It increased. And every time the anointing increased, God enlarged his territory. He, when, when he anointed him, when he anointed, when Samuel anointed him, he 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 did he didn't just go right into kingship. He went into process. And 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 when he went through part of the process, he was he was anointed greater, and he had more territory. He had more he had more rulership. He had he had a a, a, a partial kingdom, if you will, the people of Judah. But then, of course, God brought him into the kingship because he's anointed to be the king of Israel, not just of Judah. And, and, and so it, it increased. He's anointed three times. And, and, and I see in that, that that the anointing upon David that he started with was, was increased. God expanded his influence and enlarged his territory every single time. Saul, Saul, amen. So watch. So Saul and David... Saul and David both sinned. Saul and David both sinned. The difference was how they dealt with it. Saul made excuses. Saul justified it and blamed others. But when Nathan the prophet looked at David and said, Thou art the man, you know what David did? David took responsibility. He owned up to it. And he made it right. This was, this was already working in David's character. God said, he's a man after my own heart. So I can trust him with more. I don't expect him to be perfect. Can I tell you something? Because the enemy will try to tell you, you can't have the anointing of God working in your life because you're not perfect. It's not about being perfect. It's about being mature. How will you handle it when you do mess up? How will you handle it when you do miss it? And we've all missed it. We've all messed up. We've all made mistakes. We've all, all have sinned and come short of the glory. But it's grace. I say, but it's grace. Reaches further than we could ever reach him. And it reaches out to us. And so it's not about being perfect. It's about, will I own up? Will I take responsibility? Will I make it right? Will I let this push me toward God? Will I be mature? Or will I be immature? Another thing I, w I want you to see is 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 this that the that the horn of oil, especially in that time, not so much now. There's processes where they do this to, to take the, the the horns and stuff. But another thing I want you to see about this horn of oil is that the horn speaks of a death. Something, and maybe not in this, and maybe not so much today because I've. I've researched it, and they can—they got ways they can take 
the ram's horn off without killing the ram. But that's not the way it started. The ram would give its life to give its horns. Let me get this. There would be a death so we could have a horn of oil. And I want to tell you, if we want a greater anointing, we want a greater move of God, we want a greater spirit moving in our lives, in our churches, in our world, there must, I know there's been a death, the death of Christ, but there must be death to flesh. Flesh, the ram was flesh. There must be death to flesh. There must be. And it speaks of a death. Then it speaks of a cutting where things are cut off. Amen. The, 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 the horn in the Bible represents power. It, it, it re- can I tell you this? It's the ram's defense. It represents our fighting strength. And God will put you in situations. Trust me. God will put you in situations where your strength is cut off. Where what you have is not enough within yourself. And you need something greater. You need something higher. You need something from beyond you. You need something that you don't possess at the time. It's the anointing. It's a horn of oil. And when your power has been cut off, he said, now that your horn is gone, my oil can fill your heart and my strength can be made perfect in your weakness. And it's cut off. There's a death and there's a cutting and, and, and it's our fighting strength. Can I just tell you that too many believers are trying to function today on an inadequate level of fighting strength. They are living on a vile anointing in a horn level battle. They're trying to function with a vile level anointing when the battle that they're facing is going to require something more. Most people's anointing is not keeping up with their battles. Just nudge your neighbor and say, that's going to change tonight. It's going to change tonight. God's going to do something. God's going to do something. God's going to say, God's going to do something. God... I'm, I'm leading us to a point where what God's going to do in this house, where God's going to fill some horns in this place tonight. God's going to pour some stuff out where you're not fighting on an inadequate anointing. Now, when I say inadequate, nothing wrong with the anointing. I'm talking about dimension. The battle is it. Listen, when, when I, 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 this, this always strikes me. In, when, when Elijah, the prophet, he'd called fire down from heaven, destroyed the, the prophets of Baal, done all that, and then he's, he's, he's disheartened, whatever you want to say, and he's sitting under the juniper tree, and the angel of the Lord comes, and he, and he feeds him, and he drinks, and, 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 and he goes back to sleep, and the angel comes a second time and wakes him up and said, you need to arise and eat. And this, what the, this is what God said. God, God said this. God said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. He said, if you don't eat what I provided, the journey before you, you're not going to make it a lot. Y'all ain't going to help me. 
I say there's some of us been on a journey that when we try to do it without partaking of what God's trying to give us, it's too great for us. The only way we're going to make every step on this journey is to drink, is to feed, is to take in what God's trying to give us. Somebody ought to say, I need a greater anointing. I mean, knows the anointing ain't so you can glow in the dark. There's a level of the anointing make you feel good. Huh? It make you feel good. Boy, I like what I felt tonight. Woo! Yeah, it make you feel good. But the battle you're in is not at thrill level, it's at kill level. And when your, bat, when your battle is out to kill you, something in you does have to die so something else can live. I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to help you. You can, you, you, you can feel good and you can be thrilled all you want to, but something's out trying to kill, trying to steal, trying to kill, trying to destroy you. You need something more than a thrill. If you want cold chills, I got news for you. Go to Walmart and stand in the freezer section and you can get a chill. But if you want to win your battle, you need an anointing. You need a horn of oil. We need something greater. And that's not advertising for Walmart either. We need a horn level. A horn level anointing. My God, I, I, got, I got so much. I got so much. I'm still in my open. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> when, the horn is your power. When, when it's been cut off, God makes his strength shine in your weakness. Let, let me, let me, can, can I show you some deficiencies that we get in of this lower anointing? Thank you, I will. And, 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 and then I'll be out of your way. From the life of Saul. Okay, from the life of Saul. Here's, here's what people, even when they have an anointing, but it's a lesser anointing. And we don't handle it well. Here's, here's what we often do. Here's the temptation. And way too often, this is what happens. Okay, and this is my concern. And I'm preaching this because I want us to be able to move beyond it. And I'm not accusing anybody. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody. But these are my concerns. All right? Saul, when you study his life, here's that vile anointing, V-A-I-A-V-I-A-L, not vile as in V-I-L-E, as in, you know, evil but a vial level versus a horn level. When you study the life of Saul, several things stand out. First of all, from Saul's life, we learn that those operating in, in that insufficient dimension, they will allow flesh to live. A vial of oil did not require a ram give its life. No flesh died. No flesh died in order to carry it. And if you study Saul's life, even going back to 1 Samuel 15, and you'll just have to do it later and take my word for it tonight because I don't have time to break it all down. I don't have time to work it out. Don't tell me to work it out. I can't work it out. You work it out. <laughs> work out your own salvation, my friend. friend. But, 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 here's, but here's, if you study God told them to go kill the Amalekites, to absolutely, utterly destroy them. And, and, and Samuel came, and when Samuel came, he heard the bleeding of the sheep. Bleating. Meh, meh. 
And when he got there, Saul said, I have obeyed the, co- the command of the Lord. And then the background goes, bah, bah, bah. I've obeyed. I have done what God said to do. I have destroyed the Amalekites. And Samuel said, what meaneth then this bleating of the sheep? Because God told him not to spare anything. Take no hostages. Keep nothing alive. Destroy it all. All flesh. Amen. Now, we're not talking about physical flesh now. We're talking about spiritual flesh, the, 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 the spirit of the flesh. Let it die. And he said, he said, kill it all. And he said, Samuel said, no, you've let things live. Come on, somebody. You know what keeps us from a greater dimension? It's when we let flesh live that ought to die. It's, it's time that we decide what do we want more? Do we want the flesh to live or do we want the anointing to live? What do we want? What are we depending on? Our own ingenuity, our own smarts, our own way of figuring it out? Or do we say, God, what we really need is we need something beyond ourselves. We need something from heaven. We need something to help us that's way beyond. Only you got the answers. Only you have the power. Only you have the glory. Only you have the strength. And, 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 this, and this, this, this flesh was allowed to live. And so, so, so not only that, not only that, when you operate in that, that vile level anointing, less, it, it lacks maturity. Saul, Saul when, when Samuel confronted him on that, Saul blamed other people. Well, the people, you know, they wanted to sacrifice to the Lord. And we kept the best of the sheep, you know. But that's not what you was told. You is to, and so quit blaming everybody else. So this is your responsibility. You're the king. There, there's, there's, there's often nothing as dangerous as the anointing in immature people. Can you handle the holy? Can you handle the holy? I know this is different for Friday night. I'm just trying to obey God. It, 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 here's something else that that, that, that lesser anointing does. It presumes blanket authority. Now, let me explain that. It believes it can do anything at any time. It presumes that I have that 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 you have blanket authority that that you just have authority to do whatever, whenever, and that's just not true. In, and do it in the name of God. Watch. Saul was once to wait on Samuel the prophet to sacrifice to the Lord. Samuel delayed. God ever delayed you? You ever tried to just go on with that? Oh, come on. So, so, so he, he delayed. And so Saul presumed, I'm anointed. I'm the king. Somebody's got to do it. Samuel's not here. I'm going to go ahead and do it. And he presumed that he had blanket authority to act. And, and Samuel's like, what are you doing? He said, well, you, you didn't come. You wasn't here. Because, because the, the, the maturity level and, 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 and that lesser noise, that what happens is we, we, don't, we haven't learned to wait on the Lord and just trust Him. That even if it ain't in the timetable that I think it was supposed to be in, I'm still going to wait on God because I can't do this. I can't manufacture this. 
And when he delayed, Saul presumed that he had the authority to go on and do it. But the anointing is not blanket authority for us to do anything at any time. You better wait for the nudge of the Holy Spirit. You better wait on God. You better learn how to, I don't care if you are anointed. Are you, somebody say, well, I'm anointed. I got the unction. You just said I got the unction. I'm anointed to act. You anointed to act, and sometimes you're anointed to wait. Sometimes you're anointed to yield. Amen. It's what, we see it in David. We see it in David. Pastor Lee preached this months ago, several months ago. The sound of a going in the tops of the mulberry trees. God, he said, don't you, don't you move, David. Don't you go forward and try to find. Don't you think that you can just usurp authority and just do what you want to do when you want to do it. He said, you better wait for the sound. Sound of a going in the tops of the trees. And if you don't hear the sound, don't you go. Because you don't have blanket authority. You, you, don't, you can't do just anything you want to at any time. No, no, no. That's not the way this. Uh, yes, you're anointed, but you're not anointed for everything at every time. He said you ought to wait until God gives that sound, until he speaks, until something's released. And, that, and that, that's, that's how we've trusted him on Friday night. Because there ain't nobody here that can manufacture anything, and we wouldn't even dare try. God either moves or he don't. That's just the way it's going to be. God's either going to do it or, he, or it's not going to happen. Because I, I don't want a vial. I want a horn of oil. I want the horn. And I don't care if I go a Friday, two Fridays, ten Fridays, and don't seem like I'm getting the horn. I will wait it out. Because that's what we need. We don't need an imitation. We don't need a counterfeit. We need to wait till we hear the sound of going, i got to hurry. It, it, it presumes blanket authority. Not, not only that, you study Saul's life, you operate in a lesser anointing. Maybe this will identify with some people. You operate in a lesser anointing. I'll tell you what else can happen in your life. You can be terrorized by evil spirits. The devil come against you and bother you in ways. Now, I know, I know that evil spirit that said it came from the Lord, and a lot of people feel like it's a spirit of judgment and all this, and, and, and could well be. But it still said it was evil. And whether God pulled back and, 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 and didn't, didn't hold the evil spirits back from Saul anymore, or, or, or whether Saul, the Bible says this even, that he that breaketh an hedge, a serpent will bite him. And you look at all that Saul did. In other words, God has a hedge around you, but, but when you start doing things on your own and doing it in your flesh and doing it, uh, all of a sudden you put your hand through the hedge and don't be surprised if you don't get bit. Venom. Something will sink its teeth into you. Amen. I promise I'm going something more positive. But, but, but see, here, here's the thing. Here's my concern. I'm concerned that there's so many people that seem terrorized by, 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 by demonic spirits, terrorized by the enemy, terrorized. And, and, and I don't think that's too light of a word. I mean, it just oppresses them. Too many believers are terrorized by things that they should have victory over. And like many today, amen. Did you know that Saul only got relief from the evil spirits? When he, was, when he was around somebody operating in a greater anointing. He recognized the need. He just didn't know what to do. 
He said, call Dave, call that guy in here because I need something more than what I got. Now listen, I've been there where I've needed more than what I had. So God, would you send somebody? Would you bring somebody? But that is in an instance that's not how I'm to live every day. At some point, I got to develop something within myself to where the, the attack of the enemy that has bothered me on Monday ain't still bothering me on Saturday. At some point, I need something to increase in my life where I'm not terrorized every single day of my life. And, and, and so, so like many today, Saul only had victory through somebody else's oil. And I got, I got, man, there's so much, so much in this. They got the clock covered up, so I don't even know what time it is. Not like it'd matter anyway. But I was telling Winnie this morning, I said, the crazy thing is, I said, Saul, Saul even sought out advice from a witch. amazing what you'll turn to when the level of God's spirit in your life ain't enough. Well, Brother Keith, I'll have you know, I don't know any witches. No. You just get up every day and read your horoscope. You just, you just, <laughs> help me, Jesus. You eat Chinese just to get your fortune cookie. Hey, you got to get a word somewhere. Woo! Preach on, all right. Hey, and I, I'm not being condemning. But it's amazing, it's amazing what we will at times open ourselves up to. You get desperate enough. I'm t come on, somebody. You get a situation big enough, a problem big enough, something hurts you deep enough, and you'll be turned and say, God, I need help from somewhere. You better handle the holy. You better handle the holy with respect. If you don't, it'll decrease. What you respect, you'll attract. What you respect, you will attract. What you disrespect, you will repel. And we better watch our spiritual polarity that we're attracting the right things. I feel the Holy Ghost. And we repel the things that don't need to be in our life. I'll tell you something else about this vile level. Now, I got to hurry. But, but from Saul's life, we see this. It reveres image over impact. When Saul, when Saul sinned and Samuel said, what is this bleating of the sheep? And he said, oh, well, the people, you know, they, they wanted to do this. And he blamed other people and all this. The Bible said that Samuel turned to walk away. The prophet, the prophetic, 
turned to walk away, and 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 Saul grabbed his mantle, his garment, and and a piece of it ripped. And and Saul gave him a, a you want a prophet? I'll give you a prophetic word. He said, that's to paraphrase. He said, God, just as you've rent this garment, God has rent the kingdom from your hand. Okay. And here's what Saul said. Read it, First Samuel 15. Here's what he said. And I'm going to paraphrase it, but it's there. He said, look, I know I've sinned, but the people are waiting on us. And would you walk out with me, Samuel? Would you go out there and make me look good in front of the people? Really? Really? You're worried about a picture? God just said the kingdom is not yours anymore? And you worried about how you're going to look to the people? You're losing the anointing that he's given you? And you worried about image? How about falling on your knees? Come on, how about falling? So when David was told, you are the man, all of a sudden, falls down, he, he repents. The baby that he had conceived in, in, in a, an adulterous affair and he'd, he'd have her, her husband Uriah murdered. And when the baby got sick, David prays, humbles himself, prays that, that the baby wouldn't. Would, in other words, it's a completely different way of dealing with it. So this is, again, not about perfection. This is about do I really, do I, do I want, what do I want most in my life? And am I worried about image or impact? Perception and projection or power. Saul had sinned and David had sinned, but they dealt with it completely different ways. And a, and a vile level anointing values the praises of men more than the favor of God. And we can't afford that level anymore. We cannot afford that level anymore. Now, here's why I've been speaking. And I know we got people that's not Walton folk. But here's, here's what's on my heart. And I'm done. What's on my heart is this, that God has been moving in a special. I know this is different tonight. But just hang with me. God has been moving here in a special way. Unique. Powerful. I mean, just, I mean, I mean, I can't wait to get here. Not just Fridays. I, I mean, when the service is over tonight, I'll be like, is it Sunday yet? Is it Sunday yet? And, and is, is it Wednesday? When does Wednesday get? Can we turn the clock up? Can we skip a couple days? Get here? God's moving in a special way. And, 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 and he's doing a holy work. I believe there's some things that some people's went through some dying processes. We went through some cutting processes. Huh? I mean, a lot. Not just a few. We, we draw attention to a few, and, and I understand, but, but a lot. have gone through some processing. Gone through some things where some things have been cut off, and some things have been killed, some things have died. And, 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 and I get that. But, but with the uniqueness and of what God's been doing, it... it it calls upon us to take heed to how we handle the holy. And, and, 
and, and God, God eventually told Samuel. Can you go back to 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, real quick? The Lord said to Samuel, you can either mourn or you can move. You, you can mourn over Saul or you can move to, you can mourn over that vile level not being enough. Or you can get up and you can make the changes and fill the horn with oil and go because I've got a new work. I got a, I got a new, come on, I got a fresh oil. I got a fresh anointing. And it's going to be greater. Come on, it's going to be greater than what you've seen in the past. And you can mourn over what you used to see or you can embrace what you're going to see. Because what you're going to see and what you're going to, what I'm going to do in Israel is going to be greater than what I have done in Israel. And I believe that what God is saying is that what he wants to do is greater than what he has done. But we got to handle the holy right. We got to make sure we're paying the price. We cannot presume upon God and say, well, this is what God's doing. No, God, please let us stay humble. Let us stay hungry. Let us stay lowly. Let us stay repentant. Let us stay where we need to be with you let's let the flesh die let's let the things die that don't need to live that would stand in the way of the oil being poured in let's let it all die so he can fill the horn with oil and pour out something on us that's greater than we've ever experienced and some of you some of you have been cut I don't know where Paul can you come some, some of you, some of you have been cut. Some of you have been cut. Some of you thought you was dying. And, and, and maybe some things in you were dying, and that was good. Didn't feel good. You didn't think it was good. You didn't identify it as good, but it's good. And you didn't know what was going on. There's people in this building that you thought God was upset with. You thought God, you thought you had displeased God. You thought you had missed it. You thought you had completely made a mess out of your life. And you didn't, you didn't have specific things to identify what it really was. But, you, but the enemy was convincing you or even in, in the weakness of our mind or just because we don't know or lack of knowledge or whatever, we, we, you, you just thought, man, I must have really missed it. And I, this, I, just, I, am, I am just completely deficient. No. What God was doing was God was moving you from a vial into a horn. He said, but in order to do that, it takes, I got to create more room. I got to cut some things. I got to kill some things. Some things do have to die. There's a lot of things that have to happen and transpire. And some of you thought, that it was a negative, but I come to tell somebody that it was a positive. Because God is just moving you from a vial to a horn. And here's my heart tonight. I want you to hear my heart. My heart is this. I've had enough of mediocre measure. I've just had enough. I've had enough. I want to tell you what the last few months, even here, has done. It's ruined me. It has ruined me. I will, I will never be happy with church. Just church as usual. Just business as usual. 
Let's just do our three song. Let's just do our little song. Come on, somebody. I, 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 don't, I don't want, I don't want, I don't want to come and get a sermonette so I can be a Christianette and we can dress like majorettes and go down to the dinette and read the gazette and smoke a cigarette. I want something power. I want something from on high. I want something from heaven.